A Suffolk County judge has dismissed a lawsuit against the construction of a golf community on 600 acres of the Pine Barrens over lack of standing. The lawsuit brought on by environmentalists and residents claims the project violates zoning restrictions given its size and intensity. Group for the East End has been leading the charge on this. Their president, Bob DeLuca, says he was surprised by the lawsuit's rejection. On the one side, you have the significant departure from the decades-long concern for the protection of the resources that lie beneath the Pine Barrens and that are the Pine Barrens ecosystem. On the other hand, you also have local zoning that, in our view, has been badly abused here and a kind of precedent that gets set. The proposal for an 18-hole golf course and over 100 luxury homes would be the largest development in the ecologically sensitive area. Group for the East End, along with other petitioners, are appealing the decision. Happy Friday! You're listening to After All Things, WSHU's daily news update from the Connecticut, New York region. Fairfield County nonprofits will end their Giving Day tradition next year. One of Bridgeport's high schools is now up for sale, and some government watchdogs claim the use of National Guard troops at the southern border is inappropriate. Those stories and more are coming up. I'm Sabrina Garone. Fairfield County's final Giving Day raised $1.7 million for 360 nonprofits in the area. More than 14,000 donations were made in 24 hours. WSHU's Molly Ingram has more. It was the 10th and final Fairfield County Giving Day. Donors have raised more than $15 million for local nonprofits over the last decade, but the event will not happen next year. Mendy Blue Palka is the CEO and president of Fairfield County's Community Foundation. She says Giving Day is no longer the best way to raise money. We've heard for a number of years that even for those organizations that love Giving Day and that participate, that it's a pretty heavy lift to actually raise the dollars. Um, and we didn't really see um, a lot of organizations that were raising, say, more than $5,000. Participating organizations ranged from animal shelters to education centers and college athletic programs. Curtain Call Incorporated, a Stanford theater company, raised the most money at almost $100,000. Molly Ingram, WSHU News. The city of Bridgeport has put the old Harding High School property on the market, WSHU's Shelley Hassman kadish reports. Bridgeport Hospital is interested in purchasing the property for expansion. Community leaders tell Hearst, Connecticut Media the city has been in discussions with the hospital about the future of the land, which is down the street from the medical facility. Councilman Ernie Newton says he and other community members want to see housing development included in any sale to the hospital, either at the Harding site or other land owned by the hospital. Bridgeport Hospital is one of the largest employers in the city, and some neighborhood activists say an expanded facility would mean more jobs. The Economic Development Department is accepting requests for proposals until March 2nd. Bridgeport Hospital President Ann Diamond does not deny their interest, but says it's premature to comment until after the deadline. 
Shelley Hassman Kadish, WSHU News. The Connecticut Restaurant Association wants the state to create a hospitality fund to help tourism, workforce, and local economic development recover from the pandemic. It would be funded by an existing 1% tax on meals and beverages that generated more than $90 million last year for the state's general fund. Andy Goot is the president of the Willimantic Downtown Neighborhood Association and owner of Stone Row Kitchen and Bar. He says after COVID closed down the restaurant industry, they've had to be innovative if they wanted to survive. Many of us had to close our dining rooms, and even once we were allowed to reopen our dining rooms, the inflow of customers was nothing like it used to be. Supply chain issues, staffing issues, inflation, the list would go on. So to turn a negative experience into a positive one, Taste Two Towns was born. Taste Two Towns offers reduced prices at restaurants in Willimantic and Mansfield. The event, now in its second year, has doubled the number of restaurants that participate. Troops from the National Guard have been keeping an eye on the southwest border for a while, but that long-running mission is now raising some questions. That story after headlines and a message from our supporter. Support for After All Things comes from Hartford HealthCare. More COVID vaccine answers at hartfordhealthcare.org slash vaccine or 833-621-0600. The final phase of the JFK airport transformation has begun with a groundbreaking for the new $4.2 billion Terminal 6. The public-private partnership will feature 10 new gates, and nine gates are for wide-bodied jets, and all those connect to JetBlue's Terminal 5. Officials say Terminal 6 will create 4,000 jobs, including 1,800 jobs in union construction. An almost five-acre municipal parking lot in Norwalk is receiving a makeover. It's set to transform into mixed-income housing, shops, restaurants, and office space. Governor Lamont announced today the project will receive $2 million in state funding to support the redevelopment. Long Island South Shore University Hospital nurses reached a tentative deal on Thursday, taking a strike off the table. The contract made with Northwell Health ups salaries and retirees' health benefits, as well as improvements to safe staffing standards, which was one of the main reasons the union gave notice of a strike. Some government watchdogs say the long-running mission at the southwest border is an inappropriate use of the National Guard. Even the Pentagon has been looking for an off-ramp. Carson Frame reports. Chimney Park RV Resort is a lush oasis of palm trees and natural vegetation. The 55 and older community sits on the bank of the Rio Grande River, nestled behind a tall metal border fence. Big motorhomes sit alongside little bungalows and trailers. Wanda Lipto, a so-called winter Texan, has been coming here from Wisconsin with her husband since 2007. She circles a resort in a golf cart and greets her neighbors, who hail from all over. Missouri, here we have um, Canada, Minnesota, Nebraska. You can tell the northern states are represented here. (laughs) Hi, Diane. But Lipto has other neighbors, too. 
Border Patrol agents launch their patrol boats at Chimney Park. And on most days, two National Guard troops sit facing the river in a pickup truck with a raised camera in its bed. Lipto pulls up her golf cart to say hello. I live here, so I was just curious. We see you coming and going. Thank you for what you do. Keep, keep up the good work. But you see how they're just a nice young man, probably a long ways from home. Lots of grandmas and grandpas around here. <laughs> the last four presidential administrations have sent National Guard troops to the southwest border. About 2,400 of them are now watching the border and helping the Department of Homeland Security in other ways. Catherine Kuzminski, a researcher with the Center for a New American Security, says the long-running mission raises a big question. If there is that heightened demand, is this the proper role for the National Guard, or does that indicate that there needs to be more resourcing for the Department of Homeland Security? Kuzminski suspects part of the reason that the Guard has been deployed so long is because it's easier politically. Money for the Guard comes out of the defense budget, which is less controversial than border security funding. And so this is a way to quietly fill the capacity need without having to renegotiate budget items or increase a budget. And Homeland Security wants the help. The military provides manpower, equipment, and expertise to help Customs and Border Protection agents. Elizabeth Field is with the Government Accountability Office. We found that there was a real need for tasks such as maintaining vehicles, uh, as well as conducting border surveillance. Uh, and officials told us that they really have a challenge when it comes to recruiting personnel. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has said the military shouldn't be involved at the border long term, and that Homeland Security should develop the ability to conduct operations on its own. But the two agencies have struggled to come to an agreement. Field says the long mission is costing the Defense Department, both in money and in readiness. This is not a small amount of money, even for DOD. And we found that the National Guard had in some cases had to cancel training exercises because National Guard troops were on the border performing this function. In addition to the federal troops sent to the border by the last four presidents, Texas Governor Greg Abbott also has deployed his state's National Guard to the region. Victor Trevino is the mayor of Laredo, a major port of entry. He says the troops make some residents feel safer and also deter vigilantes from trying to police the border themselves. But he says the Guard isn't a permanent solution. Their mere presence and their mere uh, necessity to be here as a support uh, entities just shows us how much we need immigration reform. And as we see, we're just putting a Band-Aid on everything. Lawmakers are trying to better understand the Defense Department's role at the border. A provision in the latest defense budget requires the department to brief Congress quarterly about the mission. This is Carson Frame reporting. This story was produced by the American Homefront Project, a public media collaboration that reports on American military life and veterans. Funding comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. For the latest news from Long Island and Connecticut, you can listen on the radio or anytime online at WSHU.org or with the WSHU app. After All Things is supported by Hartford HealthCare. And as always, if you have any thoughts or story ideas you'd like to share with us, please feel free to send us an email. It's news at WSHU.org. I'm Sabrina Garone. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday.